the, the, the thing that has gotten some people like me a little annoyed is that I do see a different level of scrutiny to her even as compared to the people who have already announced. So, you know, people are asking things like, where is her black agenda? I'm like, she's a candidate. It's not her responsibility to have a black agenda. You put together a black agenda, and then you make sure that you hold up all the candidates um, to that agenda. I will disagree with that. In, in, well, if you're going to ask her, for why, where, no, 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 why no, wasn't no, that no, asked no, about Elizabeth no, Warren? No, 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 right. But, that, but that's also the point. The point, the point there, the, the, the point there, which is why I also said, look, y'all, if you running and you black, you are not going. See this, you're not going to get the same runway that Obama got, okay? Because the reality is there were things that people asked, uh, wanted of him, but didn't say anything, and now they regret it. And see, I love the people out there who are also saying, uh, "Oh, Roland, you new to this." Uh, <laughs> which is hilarious uh, because for, for all you uh, wanna be just woke your punk asses up on a, on the black agenda, <laughs> when you've run three black newspapers, you understand black agenda. When you've been news director and morning anchor of a black radio station, you understand black agenda. When you're the first editor of BlackAmericaWeb.com, you understand black agenda. When you're the news editor for Savoy Magazine, you kind of understand black agenda. When you produce for major broadcast and cable network, later the Black Family Channel, you get black agenda. And when you had a Sunday morning show on TV One for four years and a daily show on TV One for four years, you get black agenda. And when you've had 11 different black media experiences, you get black agenda. So for all y'all new-ass folks <laughs> who just sign up for a YouTube channel, y'all are new <laughs> to this Black Agenda conversation. Because all you got to do is read the resume, and then some of y'all might want to get educated. And I'm, and I'm now the reason I'm saying it's legitimate to ask those questions, but you also ask those questions of everyone. I will also say the reason she is getting the level of heat that she's getting right now because she's a serious candidate. She's she's right, exactly. She, she right now, Senator Kamala Harris right now, is a top three candidate. Absolutely. That's why she's getting... That. So, again, if she wasn't a serious candidate, she wouldn't be ain't nobody talking about her. The thing is this. The thing is this. She... she she, she matched Bernie's first day record from 2016. She's had her in terms on, of a million and dollars first 24 hours. The more important thing is her kickoff matches Trump's biggest rally of 2016. Her 20k, 20,000 people matches his Alabama rally. So if she comes out the and gate like Oakland. and that was in Oakland. And so she coming out the gate like that. She's absolutely she's front runner. She's but, runner. but Roland, can you decode for the black folks what a black agenda really is? Because she laid out <coughs> plank after plank mm -hmm. after plank that disproportionately affect the black community and people seem like they can't even really hear that. Like when you talk about Medicare for all, when you talk about tax cuts, when you talk about disproportionate sentencing, all of those yeah. things directly and disproportionately affect the black community he, he welcome to the unprocessed knowledge podcast that clip courtesy of roland martin unfiltered and they were talking all about the black agenda that's 
what today's show is going to be about. We got a presidential race heating up. A lot of people have thrown their hat into the ring and black agenda has come up very frequently. I was watching CNN the other day and they were talking about reparations and black agenda and what these candidates are going to do going forward. Not just the black candidates, the, the non-black candidates as well, I believe. Bernie Sanders is running. Senator Elizabeth Warren is running. A few other people who, whose names I can't remember. We we know about Senator Cory Booker. Uh, that clip they were just talking about Senator Kamala Harris. And we're gonna get into the Black Agenda today. Just just in case anybody doesn't know, when I say Black Agenda, I'm referring to the plans and policies that these politicians have who are running for president that are going to progress the black community or have some type of impact or effect on the black community specifically what is your agenda for black people now going back to that clip in the very beginning uh, one of the commentators by the way every everybody who was on this panel on the Roland Martin show was black uh, two black women two black men in the beginning one of the black women she specifically came out and said you know I, and I'm quoting her I don't think she has to have a black agenda you shouldn't be asking her that you come up with a black agenda and you hold her to it. I found that very interesting because I don't recall anybody who was a serious candidate for president being told or coming out and saying, or even someone suggesting they don't have to have an agenda for the LGBT community. They don't have to have an agenda for the Latino community. They don't have to have an agenda for people who don't have health care. They don't have to have an agenda for people who are being discriminated against. They don't have to have an agenda on how they're going to make the economy better. They don't have to have an agenda on national security. They just need to go out there and run, you know, the people they come up with the what, what the what the agenda should be and just hold the politicians to it and just hope they do it. Right. I've never heard anybody say that before, but miraculously, when it comes to black people, it's like, well, they don't have to do anything. <laughs> I found I found that very interesting. Another thing I will say about the clip toward the end, uh, a, a different black female who was talking to Roland Martin, who asked Roland Martin to decode <laughs> to decode what the black agenda means, which, which is very interesting. Um, not not saying that Roland Martin isn't a very well educated man, but. He doesn't have to decode what that means to everyday black people. I, I think we understand the problems that we're facing. But she laid out things that Senator Kamala Harris had talked about that are the, had that have a negative effect on the black community disproportionately. I believe she mentioned you know, education, health care, criminal justice reform. She may have mentioned a few other things. But my point is I've noticed a pattern where people don't have a issue talking about the problems that uniquely affect black people. But then when it comes to, well, what are your solutions? Or what are your plans and policies that you are going to put forth to tackle these problems? What are your solutions? What are your policies? What are your plans to tackle these problems? They don't have anything. They, they don't have any. Only thing they want to do is talk about the problem. They acknowledge it's a problem. They, hey, racism is a problem. Police brutality is a problem. Criminal justice reform needs to happen. All these things that affect 
black <laughs> the black community disproportionately is wrong it needs to be fixed and then we ask them what are you doing to fix it well they don't have a plan they just say yeah it's a problem and then some people may take that as or it sounded like some people were saying well yeah that's our black agenda that, that's not an agenda she, she didn't list out anything she just talked about the problem her talking about the problem isn't going to make it better we can't just well i'll speak for myself me as a black man in america i'm not satisfied with a person in political office just acknowledging that there is a problem and they have the power to pass laws and policies to correct that and they're not doing anything that that's what i don't understand like i said the lgbt community they have problems that uniquely face that community they wanted policies and laws to help them in their condition the people classify themselves as latino uh, one of their biggest fights i believe is immigration reform they have problems and issues that uniquely face that community and they wanted policy and laws to help them in their condition black people we have problems in america that are unique to us and we need policies and laws to help us in our condition but then when you ask for that it's a problem it's like well we don't have to do anything you know why why, why, you don't understand roland martin decode what that really means (laughs) and I'm, i'm not talking about roland martin i just found that was very funny that she asked Roland Martin to decode to black people what that really means. Like, we don't already understand. But anyway, let me move on with the show. I'm going to play a few clips from some of the more popular candidates who have thrown their hat in the ring that run for president. I have a clip from uh, Senator Kamala Harris on The Breakfast Club. And I'm going to get into that right now. It's not too, too long. I just want to play her in her own words. And let's come back and, and discuss what we think that really means are we feeling it look i'm not pro i'm not against anybody i'm just doing this show not to make sure you think how i think but to make sure you guys are thinking so i'm gonna play a few clips we're gonna talk about it and you guys come to your own conclusions and you you sit back and you think about what should the black agenda be what does the black agenda mean to you in this next presidential election what laws and policies do you want the person that you're going to vote for to push forward and represent let's get into it now also i wanted to ask you know with barack obama when he was in office a lot of african-american people felt like he didn't do anything for black people they felt like he did everything for you know the lgbt community he did things for you know spanish community latinos but nothing for african-americans yeah so do you have an agenda for black voters of course i do but i i also want to stand up for barack obama on that Mm -hmm. because you know first of all none of us can do enough and we all know that if you are a parent raising a child you know we can never do enough right as leaders we can never do enough it's important to acknowledge that um but let's not let's also give people credit for what they've accomplished i was just meeting yesterday and the day before with um the presidents and chancellors of HBCUs. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how under the Obama administration, for example, they extended Pell Grants 
right? Mm -hmm. Which our kids really rely on to get them through school and extended it so it wouldn't just be for the school year but through the summer. We can talk about what under President Obama happened in the Holder Justice Department around getting rid of the the mandatory minimums and in particular the crack and powder cocaine disparities Mm -hmm. and also those those investigations, pattern and practice investigations so much. So, and a continuation of that would be part of my agenda. The black agenda has to include HBCUs Mm -hmm. and looking at the the, the historical fact that when the federal government gives attention to HBCUs, we end up having a profound impact on black people in America. I think the numbers are something like almost 60% of black professionals in America have come from HBCUs, either in undergrad or graduate school. So that is part of it. Part of it is what I was describing about focusing on families that are making less than $100,000 a year. Part of it is focusing on what we need to do around reform of the criminal justice system, understanding that the mass incarceration policies of this country have led to black and brown men in particular Mm -hmm. being incarcerated at, 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 at ridiculous rates proportionate to their representation and proportionate to the fact that that when you look at similarly situated other people, they're not getting arrested and prosecuted and sentenced to the same kind of numbers. There's what we need to do around also dealing with public health matters. One of my initiatives and a bill I have is around maternal mortality. Mm. Black women are dying at three to four times a higher rate in connection with childbirth in America. And it's tragic because when you look at it, it, this is not an issue of the educational level of these women. It's not an issue of their socioeconomic situation, right? Look at Serena. Look at what happened. It it literally is about, it is literally about racial bias in the healthcare delivery system. And so I have an initiative that is, and it's a bill that says that, one, we need to train medical schools and doctors on how to take black women seriously when they walk through that hospital door and talk about um, their, their, their illness and, and take them seriously and not reject their, their complaints or, or think of them as hysterical. Um, so there is that. There is- I, I experienced that last year with my wife when she had her, our third daughter. Because it's like we went to the hospital, they had no epidurals. Yeah. Like, she had to give a natural childbirth, didn't want to, lost a lot of blood. Really? Yeah, and I'm like, mm. why? Like, you knew we were coming. Right. It was just like, it was almost like a, oh, well, we don't have any epidurals. So you you want to push it out, push it out. Like, wow. I'm so sorry. Yeah. What the hell, what hospital was that? I don't want to say that. But, and you know yeah. people, and you're not. Right, and I got right, a little change. And you're right, 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 <laughs> right, yeah. right. So, the, you know, so the, the issues that range that are that exist that need to be addressed and, and prioritized include everything from education to the healthcare system to the criminal justice system to the economy and i will also say this that that people need to understand that when we talk about the agenda for black america that that is about america's agenda it needs to be about america's agenda you know i i'll tell you it's been interesting i actually gave a speech at netroots nation um a few months ago on the issue of um, identity politics, you know, because I've, I've been disturbed by how people are using this phrase, identity politics, because mm-hmm. they use it in a way that is to basically have you shut up when you're talking about issues of race or gender or sexual orientation, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's identity politics, right? You're playing that card. And here's my point. Let's not be shut up when we're talking about civil rights issues. Or- because... The way that we handle and address those issues 
is a statement about who we are as Americans and our identity as Americans. The way we treat black people in America is an indication of America's identity. That was Senator Kamala Harris on The Breakfast Club talking about what she plans to do when she gets elected president of the United States. He was very adamant about that. But once again, she talks about a wide range of issues that that affect black people from the education system to the health care system. And she said in her own words, the, the black agenda is connected to America's agenda. So I plan on doing things for for America. And, you know, health care is for everybody. Criminal justice reform is for everybody. Education is for everybody. But what is she doing for black people specifically? Now, she did say she believes uh, specifically that more kid, more you know, black kids need to go to college, and that's great. Don't have a problem with people going to college. I will say I believe that black people have been going to college for a very long time, and I don't think going to college is going to fix this problem. I don't believe when Officer Darren Wilson shot Mike Brown, he asked me if he had a college degree. I don't believe anybody asked Trayvon Martin or Eric Gardner or Tamir Rice or Philando Castillo, you know, how educated they were. We got problems in this country. We, we're looking for, for real reform, for real policies. What's, what's your plan? And anytime these people ask that, we, we don't get it. All, we basically get a rising tide raises all boats. So if I put policies in place that are great for America, well, black people, you live in America, well, you'll benefit too. It doesn't work that way for some reason. I wonder why. Hmm. Maybe the system of racism has something to do with it. Now, look, I understand you can't legislate away racism, but you can put laws and policies in place to help us in our condition, just like every other group. If a Jewish American was to have an interview with Kamala Harris and mention the uh, recent synagogue attacks or uh, anti-Semitism and say, well, me as a Jewish American, I me, myself, I know people, we're Jewish, we go to synagogues, we don't feel safe. What, what, are, you, what are you going to plan to do to, to keep us safe as Jewish people and to stop this anti-Semitism? Do you can pass any laws or policies? Can you put something on, on the docket, a, a specific hate crime bill that would protect us? I guarantee you she wouldn't sit there and say, well, the Jewish agenda is connected to the American agenda. And I'm going to do things that's great for America. So by doing things that's great for America, it'll be great for Jewish people, too. She would not say that. She would not say that. Once again, I noticed a pattern. People, they don't have a problem talking about the issues. But when you say, well, what are you going to do to help the issues? And mind you, these people who are running for president, they will have the power to do something about it. It's not like you just ask them a random Joe Blow. Well, what do you plan on doing about it? Obviously, you can't do nothing. He's just a random Joe Blow. But somebody who actually does have the power to do something about it when you ask them and they're basically telling you, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do anything. You know, uh, black people in America, Democrats, for whatever reason, when you ask them, you know, you're the first person to say, hey, do you have an agenda for black people to actually lay something out? Usually we get that whole a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm. We're all Americans rhetoric. And I think black people just want to hear specific things for them. And I always wonder why are people afraid to say what they would specifically do for black people? I don't know, but I think that um, we have to speak truth. And when we speak truth, it is based on fact and the way that you 
no fact is you inform yourself and educate yourself. Mm -hmm. And on this subject, it's about recognizing that there are huge disparities in this country based on race. Absolutely. And um, they cannot be denied, and they must be addressed. You know, we can't talk... Like, look, here's the thing, and I'll also set this, this point. I'm not mad at anybody for playing by the rules, working hard, and achieving success. I applaud that. I also know that in America today, and probably for a long time, if not forever, not everyone has equal access to an opportunity to achieve success. So when we're talking about recognizing the inequalities, the inequities, it's not about saying I'm trying to take from those who have achieved success if they've played by the rules and worked hard. Good for you. Keep it. But I am saying we need to be honest and address that not everyone has an equal opportunity to access to success, and we've got to address that. And then that's going to be about everything that we have discussed, from the education system to, to access to affordable housing to, you know, having a job that gives you a living wage because, you know, nobody in America should have to work more than one job to be able to pay their bills. So we could go on and on. What, what, what do you stand on some form of reparations for black people? Because you see Mayor de Blasio saying uh, the marijuana marijuana economy could be a form of reparations. Uh, Marion Williamson says black people should get $100 billion in slavery reparations. Like, where do you stand on it? Well, look, I think that we have got to address that, um, again, it's back to the inequities. There, through, you know, look, <laughs> America has a history of 200 years of slavery. Mm-hmm. We had Jim Crow. We had legal segregation in America for a very long time. The Voting Rights Act was only strong for 50 years, and then they wiped it out with this United States Supreme Court and the Shelby decision Mm -hmm. to the point that 22 states immediately thereafter put in place laws that one court found were crafted with surgical precision to have black people not be able to vote. So... We've got to recognize back to that earlier point, people aren't starting out on the same base in terms of their ability to succeed. And so we have got to, to recognize that and give people the, a lift up. And um, there are a number of ways to do it. Part of my initiative, again, around the LIFT Act is that same point, lifting people up who are making less than $100,000 a year. What I want to do about rent is the same thing. What we need to do around education and understanding disparities, what we need to do around HBCUs. Um, but we have a history of racism in America. So you are for some type of yes, I am. reparation? Okay. Yes, I am. All right. Now, she did say she was for some type of reparation, what that looks like, what that would look like, and what that would be. We don't know. But she is on the record of saying that. We'll see. One thing I will point out is that I listened to this whole Breakfast Club interview. It's 44 minutes. It's online. You can find it. I listened to it multiple times. And that clip I just played, Charlemagne said, well, you're the first candidate to actually come up here and lay out what you're going to do as far as a black agenda. I listened to this interview multiple times. She didn't lay out anything that she was going to do. She actually she she actually did what Charlemagne accused other people of doing. She actually came up there and said, hey, the black agenda is tied to the American agenda and you know, I'm gonna make America better and black people will get better. She she basically said a rising tide raises all posts. She said the exact same thing. She said very skillfully, um, masterfully, very elegant, had had a lot of talking points, but all her talking points were based on just people in general, 
not black people specifically. <laughs> so I, I, I found that funny. I don't know if Charlemagne wasn't listening or he, he just wanted to give it that oop or what. Let's move on and let's play a clip of Senator Cory Booker when he was on The Breakfast Club. Well, we can do this. Does Cory Booker have a specific agenda for black people? And if, and if so, what is it? Look, man, I, 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 as an African-American, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, as a black person, so much of the, the, the realities for all Americans, if you look at through the lens of African-Americans, uh, they've, they've been in many ways the conscience of this country from its founding. When we said we were going to be a nation of liberty and justice for all, the African-American experience challenged the inadequacy of those words when it meant reality. And so right now, you pick an issue mm-hmm. uh, uh, from maternal mortality rates uh, to incarceration, the broken criminal justice system, to access to health care, uh, you see African-Americans having worse outcomes. And you address the issues of Americans, power African-Americans, the, the very promise of America becomes real. And let me give you an example of this, a, a very specific example. Because politicians give platitudes all the time. Uh, one of the main reasons, I didn't shy away from this, my pollsters told me it wasn't a, a big issue on the minds of New Jerseyans, but I ran telling people I was going to Washington to do something about mass incarceration. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, it's not a big issue, but but we came down there, and for years, I've been a senator for over five years, I worked, 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 and just last Congress, we finally got a bill done. Now, it doesn't solve the problem, but it's the first time in our lifetime, mm-hmm. after the prison population going up 500%, between the time I was in law school and the time I was mayor of Newark, we were building a new prison in this country like every 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, we have legislation that we, I was able to get done with people on the other side of the aisle that starts tearing down the institution of mass incarceration. So, so much of my life is about where I live. I'm the only United States senator who lives in inner city community, black and brown community, below the poverty line. By you know, choice. By choice. By the way, and how Because you, you never forget the people that, that got you first into office. My very first office, I was city, city councilman in the central ward of Newark. Mm-hmm. They took a chance on me. I was this kid from the suburbs coming from Yale Law School, and this is a community that put their faith in me, and I will not lose the focus of what got me into politics in the first place, the people and the urgencies that got me to run for office. So you have a specific agenda for these black people? I have a specific agenda for, for the American people, which... which Includes uh, uplifting black people. Yeah, but, but, you know, but we, it's, we it's that inseparable. Rising, they always say rising tide lift all boats. We don't really see that in our communities. Well, though. let me give you an example. I, I have a bill that got a lot of attention called uh, uh, Baby Bonds. It's a fancy name for saying that every person born in America should have a, a, an account created for them. Thousands of dollars put in o- over a time, dollar, $1,000 a time. And at the end, if you are a low-income American, you have up to $50,000. And that addresses all Americans, but it actually helps the racial wealth gap in a significant way. You know, right now in America, you have about uh, a, a white family, in terms of wealth, I'm not talking about income, mm-hmm. I'm talking about wealth. Blacks have about one-tenth of the wealth uh, that white families do. In Boston, the average uh, median income of, medium wealth of a white family is about $250,000, a little more than that. The average wealth of an, of an African-American family is $8. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that they just look at the present moment. But they don't they forget that a lot of the programs that built the middle class in this country, African-Americans were excluded from Mm. uh, from FHA uh, programs. Even many of the things that uh, uh, veterans returning from World War Two were able to take advantage of. You had devaluations of African-American communities through uh, mortgage lending and the like. So so by addressing this problem with an idea of 
uh, of creating savings accounts for every child born in America. It helps all children, but it dramatically helps uh, uh, African Americans as well. And I'll give you the last example of this is that criminal justice bill that I just did, uh, making the retroactive, that crack cocaine powder cocaine disparity fix. 90% of the people benefited from that are African Americans gotcha. because the criminal justice system is biased towards African Americans. So when you fix the system, you help poor white folks who get screwed by the system as well, but disproportionately. All right, that was Senator Cory Booker, and I could, <laughs> I could pretty much say the exact same thing about him as I said about Senator Kamala Harris, so I'm not going to repeat myself. What I will say is I notice that when these politicians get asked about black agenda and what you plan to do specifically, they're very skilled at talking and talking and talking and bringing up other things and kind of talking around the subject and not really answering the question. So you sit there, you're listening, you're listening, you're listening, and you think that this person's saying something deep and profound, but really he's he's talking around your question and he's really he's not answering you. Basically, that's what he's doing. He's not answering you. Um, you could be the judge of that for yourself. Again, you can listen to that clip, courtesy of The Breakfast Club. It's about 35, 40 minutes. You can find it. It's all over the place. Now, I will say he specifically said, Senator Cory Booker, black people have the worst outcomes of any issue. And he listed criminal justice reform, health care, housing. But then he talks about how his policies will uplift all Americans and therefore they'll help our black people. So my question is, wouldn't he be doing the exact same thing he says the problem is? Wouldn't he be contributing to the problem if he says black people are always on the worst outcomes of any issue? And it's because of racism. He didn't say that, but that's the truth. And then he says his policy is just to uplift all of America. Even if all of America is uplifted, wouldn't black people still have the worst outcomes on every issue? So he's. He's not saying anything. He's really telling you he's not going to do anything. That's that to me was was really strange. So he really did say a rising tide lifts all boats. The, the exact same thing that Charlemagne was like, "Well, this don't work." He says, "Well, yeah, you know, it, it, you know." <laughs> That's he, he's going along with it. All right, man. Look, these politicians. They don't want to do anything specific specifically for black people. They don't want to come out and say they're going to do anything specifically for black people. It's very interesting. Interesting. I'm sorry. I can't talk right now. Reparations has become a hot button issue in this uh, next election. Do people support it? What that's going to be? What that's going to look like? I believe uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren came out and said she's for reparations. Um, Senator Kamala Harris, she is on record saying she's in favor of some form of reparations. I believe they even asked Bernie Sanders about reparations at his town hall. And then you know, he questioned, well, what would that look like? What would that mean? Uh, afterwards, a young lady asked him about a question about reparations, and, and he ran away. There's a video of that on YouTube. It's funny. He, you know, he didn't even want to talk about it, the young black woman. My conjecture, my theory, my thought is as soon as the white people who are running for president embrace reparations in some shape form or fashion and what that'll look like you'll see the black people who are running for president come out even stronger on that issue because they're going to be like well hey 
I can't let this white person steal the black vote. I'm I'm black. That's that's my lane. Let me come out even strong on reparations and talk about the slavery and the Jim Crow and how black people need something and what that's going to look like. I don't know if that's even feasible. I don't know. To be honest with you right now, I just think it's a talking point. I think it's just a talking point to get black people's attention. I'm more focused on tangible laws and policies. What are y'all going to do if you are president of the United States for black people specifically? That's what I'm interested in. I'm voting my interest. That's what the black agenda should be. You know, various black people may want different things, but lay out something. Lay out something. When Donald Trump was running for president, he says, I'm a ban the Muslims. I'm a build a wall. I'm a stop the Mexicans. I'm a bring police back to the inner cities stronger than ever. I'm going to get crime under control. Vote for me. I'm going to bring businesses back. I'm going to do trade deals. All these large corporations that went overseas, I'm bringing them back to America. I'm going to strengthen the economy. This is what I'm going to do. Now, either you was feeling that or you wasn't. People that was feeling that, they went out and voted for him. He became president. Now we got people running for president. They want the black vote, but they're telling you, well, I'm not going to do nothing for you. It's just vote for me. Racism is a problem. Criminal justice reform needs to happen. Healthcare is an issue. Vote for me. But they didn't say what they was going to do. So I feel like black people, we're not falling for it. No disrespect to Barack Obama. We had a, we already had a black man in the White House. Uh, recently, we had a beautiful black family in the White House for eight years. Now we're not looking for some symbolic victories anymore. We we are looking to get something from the next president because you know you're not gonna get enough from this president. We are looking to get something, some policies, some laws put in place to help our condition from the next president of the United States. I don't care if it's I don't care if they man, woman, black, white, Asian, Latino, whoever is willing to give something to black people to help us in their condition. They're going to win the black vote. No black agenda, no black vote. Point blank, period. Hey, a little housekeeping to do. You can catch this broadcast, Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. I'm on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. I'm on YouTube. I'm all over the place. Unprocessed underscore knowledge on Instagram. That's my time. Check y'all next time. Hey, if you like the broadcast, share with a friend. Hit the like button. Subscribe on YouTube. It's not going to cost you nothing. If you want to spend a few dollars, my latest work, Hypocrisy in America, the Veil of White Supremacy, is available on Amazon.com. Check you guys next time. You guys be safe. Don't give us a whole nonsense. A, a rising tide doesn't lift your boat if your boat got a hole in it. Damn right. Our boat got a hole in it. That's right. Um, the way that black women are being discriminated against in the workplace and, and by the medical establishment, that's a hole in our boat. The way that our kids smoke a joint and go to prison and your kid smokes a joint, puts it on Instagram and nothing happens, that's a hole in our boat. So how are you going to plug these holes in our boat? Don't tell me about a rising tide because we're drowning in this rising tide. <laughs>